Pass First Point Guard and Blazer Beat Writer Mike Richmond. You would listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by Jamie Hudson of NBC Sports Northwest, my colleague and friend. Jamie, how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. How about you, Mike? Are you hanging in there? Yeah, I'm staying sane. home and I'm chilling? St- I'm staying sane. Good? I miss basketball. Um, I miss complaining about basketball on Press Row with you, one of my favorite <laughs> pastimes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I miss that too. Yeah. Just listening to you. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Thanks for thanks for listening to me complain. Uh, but we'll get back there someday, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's just jump right into it. We less than a week ago, less than two weeks ago, rather, we were mm-hmm. at the Moda Center like ten days ago. Did you have any sense at the time that we were headed for something like this? Not like this. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking back to pregame before that game, Blazers Suns, and I was on um, with Chad doing on Blazers warm up. Okay, so I was getting ready to do that um, segment with him where we talked back and forth, and I was giving him some, you know, updates on hey, everyone's trying to to be a lot more careful and wash their hands. And as I was talking to him, I was thinking. Yeah, we could be heading towards that direction of no fans, mm-hmm. which at that time was crazy to think about. Totally. I, mean, I, was, I was like, "What? how can this, like, I cannot even imagine how it would be in an arena with no fans. Like, that would be awful. Just the and, 20 or so people and the Blazers <laughs> traveling press corps and like an empty right. 20,000 person arena. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay, that's a possibility, but I didn't think that would actually happen. And then... The fact that we now have no um, basketball, it's it's been really crazy to comprehend. I mean, sometimes I still wake up thinking I need to write a game preview or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, wait, what? This is this is so weird. And yeah, so I, I got to say, that game, when the Suns were in town, I didn't think that there would actually be an NBA hiatus. Yeah, I mean, I remember that after the game, I asked Terry Stotts and Trevor Reza, like, have you considered, you mm-hmm. know, playing in an empty arena? And Terry was kind of like, no, I haven't considered it, but like, it would be really weird. And Trevor was like, nah, I haven't. And uh, we'll, we'll cross, <laughs> yeah. we'll just like figure it out when we, if that comes up. And then less than 24 hours later, like 20 hours later, the NBA season was on a hiatus and maybe, it may be done for the whole season. So like at the time, you know, specifically Trevor, players don't really think about that stuff. They just try to win ga- mm-hmm. win basketball games. So I'm not like saying that, why wasn't Trevor thinking about the, the <laughs> right. like world health crisis? But it was like, it's so, it's such a juxtaposition to have him be like, nah, man, like, no, I haven't even thought about that. And then yeah. 24 hours later, it's like, yeah, it's done. It's done, man. Everyone don't come back. Right. I know. It's been crazy. It's still surreal. And like you said, we're what, 10 days after they made this decision. Yeah, I, 10 days without the NBA this time of year is killing me. <laughs> it's, it's been really, it's like, what do I do at night? I still want to be like, oh, when has, do, do the Kings play? Like, what, what West Coast team is on right now? Um, yeah. but, but it's been tough for me. Um, you, you've written a ton about this because you are prolific, but what are the, how are the Blazers handling this health crisis? Like, what are, they, what are they doing? What have they been doing? And like, what has changed over the last week or so? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think how things have been changing um, almost daily. Obviously, at first, um, with the NBA suspending the season, they were still allowing players to go into the practice facility, but only as individuals, right? Only working out um, 
by yourself, maybe one coach, right? right. Um, not having any kind of team function, like you can't watch film together, you can't do practice, nothing, right? And so that, I thought in itself, that had to be so hard. You think about at this time of the year, when you are really, if you're the Blazers, you're trying to make the playoff push, and then all of a sudden, no, you guys, it, you know, we don't know how long you're going to be off, and you're just going to need to work out all by yourself. Yeah, get like one-on-one uh, shots up. How bizarre. Yeah, it's so crazy. And then um, just yesterday, the NBA has said that today on Friday, so Friday, yep, I forget what day it is, Yeah, Mike. who it's knows really what day of the week it is. Friday, track. March 20th, while we're recording <laughs> okay. this one in case this uh, yes. interview goes up later. Yeah, okay, perfect. Friday, March 20th, uh, they're, they're shutting down all practice facilities, so players aren't even able to go in at all. And and with that, obviously, I know a lot of players, um, Blazer players have their own home gyms and they can work out at home, but man, it's just not the same. And something I was thinking about, Mike, is for players that were still getting treatment and rehab, right. like, like Zach Collins or Ronnie Hood or, you know, how Nurk's progressing, we don't know. And so they'll just be doing that on their own. I know the team will take care of it and it's sure. going to be okay. But it's crazy to think about that they can't go to the practice facility in Tualatin anymore. And we don't know how long that'll last. Yeah, and all the little other treatment stuff, like going in to get stretched out by someone, going in to yeah. get a massage, hot tub, cold tub, time in the steam room, the kind of just sort of like daily take care of your body stuff that's important mm-hmm. to NBA guys, like that stuff's on hold. Like you said, uh, a lot of these dudes have big houses with a bunch of stuff inside, um, which may very well <laughs> include a gym and a basketball court and a steam room or whatever. But it's, you know, without the sort of easy access to that stuff, um, it'll be interesting. I also wonder... Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of these dudes share a, a private chef and stuff like that. Like who who are who's cooking the Blazers meals right now? Is this just yeah? Is it just Zach Collins like making box macaroni over and over and over again somewhere in like Oswego? <laughs> um, I could see that, but you know what's funny? I saw that CJ McCollum's uh, future wife—they're going to get married here, I think, this fall, right? So Elise, she's been cooking a lot more for CJ. And uh, she was joking that, you know, it's it's been a work in progress. So, yeah. I mean, that's nice. That they're listen, getting, millionaires, they're together. not like us at all. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think she thawed the chicken enough so they couldn't have chicken like oh. the other night. So that's pretty funny. Oh, man. That's... <laughs> it happens. It does. Um, yeah. Okay, in light of all this, how yeah. realistic is the NBA finishing its season? Like, what what was that going to look like? What do you think right now, if you had to guess, are we playing NBA games again in in a few weeks or what or What do you think? Uh, you know me pretty well, Mike, and you know I'm pretty optimistic. I was expecting life. you to be optimistic, Jamie. So if you had been <laughs> yes. a dark cloud, I probably would have hung up this call and said, sorry, <laughs> no. no no podcast. <laughs> Seriously. So I at this point, March 20th, I still believe that the NBA will return this summer. I know how they're talking about now – It'll probably be mid-June, and I think that's still going to be the case, Um, but it's going to depend on how everyone does with their social distancing and and following the protocols and, like, as the how this progresses in the world, we don't know. Right, there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, so... I'd say, you know, overall, everyone's doing their best. I can, I would imagine that the NBA will be back this summer. Yeah, it sounds like they're um, holding on tight to that. Like, you know, the owners yes. are not, they are, they are not going to give up yet on, on what that looks like. Um, I just, 
it just seems like it'd be very hard to squeeze it all in unless you're playing yeah. maybe into October. So I, I do think, um, I do think that m- there's a chance that we just see the playoffs, you know, that they mm-hmm. scratch the regular mm-hmm. season, or maybe they give instead of, I think there were like the Blazers had 15 regular season games left. Is that right? Maybe 14, something in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 14, f- maybe they get five and you just, and that's it. And, and the Blazers are pretty much have, you know, almost a zero chance of making the playoffs, but it, it would, it would, you know, give the rest of the league at least like some, some chance to sort of play games that aren't as high leverage as just dropping them into a playoff series. I think there's mm-hmm. I, that part is really tricky to me. Like if you do decide to start back, the NBA playoffs usually take 10 weeks. Obviously that's stretched out for TV and stuff like that, but you're not right. going to want to play back to backs in the playoffs. Um, some traveling, depending on, you know, who, who advances where, like if we get two LA teams in the Western conference finals, I think we can, you know, get rid of some of the travel concerns, but, uh, you know, if if there's long travel for some of these games, you do have to space them out at least a little bit to be responsible to players. So I think there's a lot of questions to be answered about what it would look like. But I'm glad you're optimistic because you're you're the canary. If you are, if you were the canary in the coal mine, if you were the one who said I don't think so, then I would be really worried. So I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out the Jamie Hudson style hope for uh, for the for the rest of the season. Uh, Let's take take a quick break, come back, second segment, talk a little bit more about coronavirus and the NBA and all the, the weird things that have put us in this situation. All right, still talking here with Jamie Hudson of NBC Sports Northwest. Jamie, a week, but two weeks ago, Rudy Gobert was persona non grata in the NBA. Everyone was mad at him. How do mm-hmm. you view his role in this global saga now? He seems to be, he was such a major figure. I think he's kind of slipped in the background now that more NBA players have tested positive, but he was, people were mad at Rudy Gobert. Even Wo, Adrian Wojnarowski was saying that jazz players were mad at Rudy Gobert. How do you view him now, um, you know, 10 days out from this? 10 days out, I got to say my view is very different. Obviously, we all saw the viral video of Gobert touching all no the microphones. Pun, no pun intended, and, viral video. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whoops. I didn't even think of that. Well, yeah. Oh, bad. That's no good. Well, we're not um, editing okay. that one out. That one's staying in. Tell the producers <laughs> that's staying in the episode. Yeah, we saw the, we saw the video of him touching the mics, though. I mean, it was it, yeah. at the time it seemed pre-reckless. It, it did, but also at the time, I know that people were – we're still trying to make light of it because we didn't know exactly what was going on. Right. Everyone's it. They want to joke about it rather than be scared about what could happen. Um, so I see why he was, you know, doing that, but that now that no, even at that time, it was not good because at that time we all knew, Hey, we need to be a lot more careful. But, um, my view has changed because, I really believe Rudy Gobert helped a lot of people realize that this is a serious thing that you have, you can't um, be joking about. It. You've got to um, do all the protocol that they're 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 sharing with us, the health officials, and even I had a friend. This is this is what gets me, Mike. I had a friend call me, and then she's not you know super into sports. She's not an NBA fan, but she said, "What." there's no NBA like (laughs) that's when she knew this was a big deal like and Mm -hmm. she's not even a sports fan so I think for the NBA and Rudy Gobert 
really, you know, being the first one and, and showing like the NBA took action. I mean, yeah. Adam Silver said, you know, it took him like two minutes to, yeah, to make I, the decision. Seriously, I think the, I think the tweets were like five minutes apart. It's like game is canceled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Season is on hiatus. Like it was just, it was immediate. Yeah. So I think in that sense, the, the NBA has really been a positive because it's, it's shown people that, Hey, wow, this, this is something that's not just going to go away and we've got to take it serious. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I sent this to you in an email, but it, Ru, I, Rudy Gobert is kind of like the accidental idiot hero. Like this was not right. his intention. He wasn't trying to sort of infect himself yeah. to bring awareness. But uh, I think particularly with sort of a, maybe a younger population um, and, and like this sort of group of sports fans who are like, oh, it's like it's here, like this thing mm-hmm. that we kind of – don't know what it is, this sort of invisible thing that's that is causing all this panic in other countries. It's here. Like it's in it's in Oklahoma City. It's in Salt Lake City. It's like it's here. And mm-hmm. it changed quickly the perception of this being like a uh a threat that was kind of on the outside to being right here on top of us. And basically within twenty four hours, every major sporting event was canceled and we were kind of pushed into this direction where we're probably doing things that are safer like public health wise because of maybe how reckless mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert was a month ago. So he's he's for me he's he's an he's an accidental hero. Um I don't <laughs> think he should be getting any medals or anything but I do th- I I'm with you. I think in the end he he probably helped he probably helped more than he hurt in in the very end of this. Yeah, and I also think about I mean how long would the NBA have continued to play and then in turn, how long would things not be changing here in America? Because, right. you know, things weren't put on hold yet. I, so, yes, I totally agree with you. He shouldn't yeah. get a medal, but hey, <laughs> this is, it, it worked out. It was, I, it was, I had a friend better. who was who was at the Blazer game with us, the, the last one against the Suns. And mm-hmm. uh, he sent me after the Gobert stuff came out was like, I don't think I'm super comfortable with being in a building with 20,000 people last night. Like, I don't think that was a very good idea. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And, and I remember talking to you at that game and just being like, what's up? Don't touch me. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. no, no high five, no fist bumps. Like, don't, don't mm-hmm. touch me. Like, don't let's, um, let's just talk from a distance. You know, I saw you and your husband mm-hmm. right when I walked in and we kind of stood in a circle like, wow, this is going to be a weird game. And it got mm-hmm. so much weirder from that point forward. So <laughs> So thanks, Rudy Gobert, for help, for putting things in perspective, I guess. Yes, exactly. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Come back in the third segment and talk a little bit about the best games we've ever covered while on the Trailblazers beat. All right. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still locked on Blazers, and we're still chatting here with Jamie Hudson of NBC Sports Northwest. We talked in the first couple segments about coronavirus, its impact on the Blazers and the NBA at large. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit, shall we? There's no future games that one maybe gets to look forward to. So tell me what is in your time on the beat or whatever, just mm-hmm. a favorite game, favorite Blazer game you've ever covered. Yeah, so uh, there's a couple and... Uh, well, you said favorite. See, I'm always bad at picking one. So, <laughs> Have you seen that uh, OG Ananobi surge thing? Like best or favorite? Favorite or best? <laughs> best or favorite? So my favorite or my best? 
I'll drop that yeah. audio in here. Here is Serge Ibaka and uh, OG Ananobi <laughs> deciding whether they mean best or favorite. Like my favorite thing I ever wore? The best things you ever wear. Favorite or the best thing I ever wore? The best. The best thing I ever wore? Yeah. So my favorite thing I ever wore? Okay, you can, you can interpret it the way you want. Or the best. The best or... Yeah. The best to me? Yeah. Or my favorite thing I ever wore? Okay. The best thing you ever so, wear? So my favorite thing I ever wore. Alright. Alright, my favorite thing I ever wore. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be perfect. Um, I gotta say uh, the OKC wave shot for me because I was really covering this beat. Right, right, um, right. Like you, you mentioned. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, so it was there for that game. And and that is something that will stick with me forever. Watching that insane shot, that quote-unquote bad shot, right? It was and, a bad shot. He just drilled it. <laughs> Yeah, he just drilled it, and that, I mean, he can do that, yeah. it's crazy. He's pretty much proven um, that that's a, also, it's still a bad shot, but that he can make, you know, about half of them from that distance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and being at Moda Center and watching, um, like, Dame's family right there, I mean, just, yeah. that's you were that there. Scene. You were there for the point nine shot, though, right? So I was in the NBC Sports studio uh-huh, downtown. You were. So that's why I struggle because I wasn't actually at the game. Totally. I was to- I was I was totally engaged with that game. Well, you weren't in the arena. It. It's, it's different. Yes, it's so different. Um, so that's why I struggle with yeah, best or favorite, best <laughs> or favorite. Um, because that point nine shot that was amazing, and I was actually doing a post game show uh, called Trailblazers Pulse back in the day. Oh, I remember um, Trailblazers and so, Pulse. Yeah, so I was getting ready for Pulse, and that was fun because that show was all about social media. So the reaction oh, yeah, to that everybody's shot going was, nuts. Yeah. was insane. Uh, so that was super fun. But since I was there at the game, I got to go with the wave Yeah, I mean, shot it's all time, being my favorite. All time great, yeah, right? yeah, I will never, ever forget it. Two, two on my list are mm-hmm. Steph Curry coming back from injury, and he had like 17 in overtime, and he yelled, I'm back. And, and you, <laughs> yeah. I just, you just knew like in the moment, like, holy, like, you know, just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. We are seeing the best player in the NBA do things that only he can do. Um, right. And now the Blazers had, had beaten the Warriors, or excuse me, beaten the Clippers, and they really played the Warriors tough. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. they had gone and maybe split the games in Oakland, whatever it was. They won one game in that oh, yeah. series. But, and it might have been oh, game yeah. three. Yeah, so they won game three. So this was game four, and Steph comes back, and he just went, he had like 17 in overtime by himself in five minutes. And it was just, and that is probably, uh, you know, outside of obviously the, the point nine shot and the mm-hmm. Lillard 37 footer were just incredible moments. Um, I don't love the 37 footer shot cause I didn't like what I wrote after it. So that's, that's a personal problem. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's a pers- personal problem with that game, but obviously very special. But I, I remember that Curry game and being like, and I was writing this sort of game story on deadline for a newspaper at the time. So it was like, you're Ooh. watching him do this. Like, Oh, well I know what I'm writing about. I'm going to scrap the, uh, the first 48 minutes. We'll just talk about this last five minutes here. Um, right. <laughs> so that one's really special. And then, I don't know if this is my favorite game, but it's certainly a game that I'll never forget is game 82 against the Kings when uh, when Anthony Simons played 48 oh, minutes yeah. and scored 37 yes. points. Um, yeah. I'll never forget that one because I remember going to pregame and I think everyone was like Damon, CJ, and Nurk were ruled out, mm-hmm. but maybe yeah. not everyone else. And Terry was like unnecessarily coy about who was going to play and how and like 
and why they were resting. And he, you know, he can just be a little mm-hmm. like resistant to like share things that are about to become public information because he's a weird guy. Um, and he, he, so he, I remember like leaving pregame, like, dude, what, why are you like that? Like what? And I was pissed. And then they're getting crushed mm-hmm. in the first, in the first half. They're down like 26 or whatever it is. And I'm like, Terry, you jerk. And you, and you're blowing, you're tanking this game away because you don't want to play OKC and you want to play the Jazz. And I don't understand anyone's decision making in the arena. And I'm like, what, and what the hell am I even going to write about this garbage game? And then they went nuts in the second half. And it was one of the most yeah. fun games I've ever attended. It was, it was really fun. And that put Ant on the, like, yeah, it, it set Ant like, in a really yeah. unfortunate high expectations area where he That's... had a disappointing season, which would be just a normal season if he was a 20 year old. Right. Um, I know. Yeah. That's another thing I will remember about this season. Is that they sure. hyped, is that yeah. they put Ant up on the pedestal and it was to- yes. totally unfair, like for no reason. They could have just been yeah. ex- normally excited about him, but they were like, he's the best young mm-hmm. guard in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. It was like the summer of hyping up Ant. Yeah, from July 8th on, from like day one of summer league on. It was just like, listen, this this Mm -hmm. kid is incredible. And he was like, he had that one awesome game in Vegas. But like, it's pretty normal for 20-year-olds to not be good in the NBA. That's like a, yeah. that is a normal thing that happens to a bunch of 20-year-olds, particularly guards. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard to Mm -hmm. be a lead guard in the league. And yet. Yeah. And yet they, they they rolled my man out there and let him struggle. Yep. yep. Um, Jamie, thank you so hey. so so much yep. for joining us. Uh, where can people get more of you and your stuff? Oh yeah. Um, so check out the website nbcsportsnorthwest.com or follow me on Twitter, Jamie Hudson NBCS. And thanks for having me, Mike. That was fun. Yeah, let's do it again soon. Okay, sounds good. That's gonna do it for us today. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Also, while you're here, why not keep it rolling with more basketball podcasts? Check out Hollinger Duncan, also on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.